She picked me up in that red rag top We were three of the folks Hiding from the cops on a summer night Running all the red lights We parked way out in a clearing In a grove and the night was as hot As a coal burning stove We were cooking with gas Ooh, it had to last In the back of that red rag top She said Good morning, everyone. This is Andrew Murata, and welcome to my new radio show, Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. I am super excited to be here with you this morning. This is my first time getting involved in radio. Uh, I am currently a high school principal. I am a new author and new to the radio here, but really excited about this new show and this opportunity that Bud Williamson, who is the president of the local radio station here in Port Jervis. And we are on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. Mr. Williamson and I got together and decided on this new show, and I really appreciate the opportunity. So what is this show about? Well, I'm a high school principal and, again, a a first-time author. I have a new book coming out uh, in the fall entitled The Principal, Surviving and Thriving. 125 points of wisdom, practical tips, and relatable stories for all school principals. And in the process of writing that book, I just learned so much about social media and uh, the world of radio and and the world of podcasts, different things like that. And Bud and I got together and decided that uh, this is something that we would do. So the show is about educational leadership. The show is about fatherhood, parenthood. The show is about motivating yourself to be better. And like the title of the show, Surviving and Thriving, we all want to survive and we all really do want to thrive at our jobs. And it's hard sometimes. You're juggling different things. You're busy. You're trying to handle all the things with your family. I'm currently a parent of three children. I'm married. Uh, So there's a lot of things uh, in life that are happening right now. And how do you juggle it all? That's what the show is going to be about. So I'm hoping you'll be tuning in on Saturday mornings, and I'm very happy to have you with us. The format of the show is going to be uh, three parts. The first part is going to be a, an educational concept or a, uh, something uh, to think about in, in your life. Uh, that'll be the opening of the show. And the second part will be a guest We'll have a a guest on. Again, not necessarily all education. There might be people outside the field of education uh, that we're going to be meeting and uh, talk about their life, talk about their leadership skills and their philosophy on things. And the last part of the show, I want to hear from you. We've uh, set up an email here at the NeverSync Media Group, andrew at neversyncmediagroup.com. That's andrew at neversyncmediagroup.com where you'll have an opportunity to email in any questions you have about the show, any questions you have about education and uh, leadership in general. So we set that up for you, and we have a couple questions to start our first show off today. That being said, our first guest today, he's going to be on shortly, is Dr. Robert Gilbert. And uh, I went through all of my guests, and and very carefully, Dr. Rob Gilbert, uh, to be our guest today because he has profoundly impacted my life. Uh, I've known Dr. Gilbert going on two years now, and he is a sports psychologist and professor at Montclair State University, and he's become a good friend of mine. Why Dr. Rob Gilbert? Again, he has influenced my life and uh, really has got me in this chair, in addition to Bud Williamson, has got me in this chair today, because he's pushed me and motivated me to be better to be a better principal, to be a better father, to be a better husband, uh, and just the, uh, the, the philosophies and things I've learned from him. And again, Dr. Rob Gilbert's our guest today. So a quick story of how I met Dr. Rob Gilbert. My good friend Jared Kamar, who is the principal at HBE Elementary here in Port Jervis, met Dr. Rob uh, through some online blogs and uh, through the Internet. And uh, Dr. Rob actually has a success hotline So if you are sitting there, I want you to write down this number. I'll call it out a few times during the show. 973-743-1111. 
800-800-4690. That is Dr. Rob's success hotline. And Dr. Rob has been leaving a message about success for 25 plus years. He has over 9,600 messages consecutively. He's never missed a day. Once in the past two years, the line went down. uh, So I don't consider that breaking the streak. But it's amazing that Dr. Gilbert has been able to keep that going. So Mr. Kmart called the, the hotline. He got into it. Boom. Long story short. Mr. Kmar and uh, Dr. Gilbert attended an event together. Uh, they hit it off, and Mr. Kmar then introduced me to Dr. Gilbert, and he just he just has a, a profound impact on me, so I'm so excited to have him on the show today. Again, his success hotline, it's free. It's not a gimmick. It's not some uh, BS thing. He's trying to sell you something. It's a three-minute message about being successful in your life. 973 743 Four six nine zero. So we're going to have Dr. Rob on shortly. And the concept I want to start with today really has nothing to do with education. It has to do with improving yourself. And it's called the 7C Challenge. Dr. Rob, uh, again, brought this to me. This is my second summer of doing the 7C Challenge. So whether you're an educator whether you are a professional, whether you're a parent, it doesn't matter your status, your job. Here is the 7C challenge. Dr. Rob normally goes from Memorial Day to Labor Day, but you could pick your start day. Maybe it's today. Maybe it'll be, if you're an educator, the last day of school. Maybe it'll be the uh, first day of July. Maybe you only want to do two months, July and August. But what is it? What the heck is the 7C challenge? Well, I've always tried to be a healthy person. I've tried to lead a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'm currently 41 years old. Again, a parent of three, a high school principal, so I'm running around a lot. But I do do try to eat healthy. But I'm a cookie guy. I'm not necessarily a big dessert guy, but I am a cookie guy. You could start to guess maybe where the seven C's are going. Are you ready and prepared to give up chocolate, cake, cookies, candy, chips, and cola. Are you ready to give that up for this summer? And you say, Andrew, why would I want to do that? Those are all the things I enjoy during the summer. Well, are you ready to do it? Again, chocolate, cake, cookies, candy, chips, and cola. Count those out on your fingers. That's only six. You said it was a 7C challenge. What's the seventh? Well, the seventh C is not complaining about it. That's the seventh C. So that's my, uh, that's my, my push for today. And uh, it's something that I'm doing for the second summer in my life. And why are you doing this? Well, you do want to lead a healthier lifestyle. If you're a leader uh, in whatever field that you're doing, you want to be uh, more healthy. You don't want to be eating that junk. Look at the sugar in those things. And really... You feel like you want to have those things. You don't need those things. You feel that you want to have it. So I'm asking you to make a commitment more than your feelings. If you're able to commit to something, you're going to be better at it. You're going to be dedicated to it. And again, instead of just grabbing that that cookie or having that piece of cake, maybe you'll eat a piece of fruit. And uh, those are just, that's something to, to think about uh, for this summer And again, it's going to make you better. I guarantee you that if you get to Labor Day and you do the 7C Challenge, on Labor Day, you are not going to say, man, that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. You're going to be happy you did it. You're going to be proud of yourself you did it. And you know what? I do celebrate uh, on Labor Day. I do have a cookie. But generally, I've gotten away from most of those things on, uh, on that list. I grew up, my dad owned a a pharmacy in Staten Island, New York. Sorry if you couldn't uh, tell from the accent. I'll try to shake it here in the world of radio, but uh, it's tough to take the, uh, the, the, what do they say? Take the kid out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the kid. So that, that voice is with me. But my dad owned his own pharmacy. So I was able to go in that pharmacy every day and get whatever kind of candy I wanted. And, uh, you know, there was no questions asked. So. Uh, we're, we're many years away from that pharmacy and, uh, 
So, but that cake and the cookies and all that chips and cola, I was able to have every day. So write it down. Grab a pen if you're driving. I don't want you texting or doing any of that while you're driving. But the seven C's, chocolate, cake, candy, cookies, chips, and cola. And what's that seventh? Yes, it's complaining. So are you going to be ready to do that? We're going to hear from more from Dr. Rob uh, in just a few minutes. We're going to break uh, for a commercial here. And again, I do want to thank Bud Williamson, the president of the radio station here, for having me on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. And my show is Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is Andrew Murata. I am the principal at Port Jervis High School in Port Jervis, New York. And this is my first time on the radio, so very excited to be here. And uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, Coming up next, Dr. Rob Gilbert, sports psychologist and professor at Montclair State University. Super excited to have him on. We will be right back with you. They're boarding up this water town. Ain't nobody hanging around. Another gray September day. Was I crazy to think she'd stay? If that sun would have just hung up in that sky, just a little bit, just a little bit longer. It was the summer before. The real world started and the deal was we would get to go If we cleaned it up and got it running That is old Winnebago and Winging a prayer down a 65 Five best friends on football ties I can still see Billy smiling when we finally made it To Talladega, boys raised the Welcome back, everybody. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is Andrew Murata. I'm the principal at Port Jervis High School, and I am very proud, very excited, and super thrilled to have Dr. Rob Gilbert on the show today. Dr. Rob is a uh, sports psychologist at Montclair State University and the owner, operator, and creator of the Success Hotline. Welcome, Dr. Rob. Well, it's a pleasure to be speaking to the number one high school principal in the country. (laughs) Well, right back at you. I don't know about that, but you I do know about, and I'm so glad uh, that our lives have crossed. Doc, let me start with how and when did you decide to do this hotline, and what's the Success Hotline all about? Well, I was, you know, I'm a college professor, but I used to be a coach. I used to be a wrestling coach. And, you know, when you're a wrestling coach, you see your kids five, six, sometimes seven days a week. And my graduate students, I was seeing them once a week. So I was saying, I mean, once a week is not going to work. So I said, how could I be with these people every day, even though they only have class once a week? So I said, what if I leave telephone messages, you know? You know, the I, and I called up the phone and they gave me a three-minute outgoing message. And, um, and I said, okay, for one semester, I'll just leave a message every day. And it was about 98 days. And so every day I lifted the message. Now, I'm not saying all of them listened to it. Very few of them listened to it. But people told people and, told, and I started developing a following. And it started being fun for me. So after I got up to 98, I said, well, I'll do 100 then. I think today's message was 9,636. Four, 9,634 consecutive. That's 25 plus years, isn't it? Yeah. January 22nd, 1992. Before anybody thinks that's difficult, before I did Success Hotline this way, I used to leave messages once a week. It's much harder to do one message a week than every single day. For example, it's much easier to work out every day than one day a week. It's much easier to study every day than one day a week. Do you believe that, Andrew? I believe that, absolutely. Yeah, because you get momentum going for you. I mean, it would be virtually impossible, unless I die, for me not to do a message tomorrow. There's so much momentum, it's just part of me. 
I can't not do it. And, Doc, I remember busting your chops because you talk about on the hotline having energy and enthusiasm, and I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have hit it off. But I remember busting your chops. You did the hotline one day. You didn't sound so hot, and I, I said, hey, where's your energy and enthusiasm? And little did I know you had hip replacement surgery that morning. Is that correct? <laughs> now, that's impressive. You know, I, I've had hip replacement. I've knee replacement. I've, I've had laryngitis. I've had people die. The most amazing one is I was in a workshop between Christmas and New Year's in some meditation center in Vermont, and they didn't have, um, you know, cell service. So I had to find some out-of-the-way place, and I'm doing a message outside about 30 degrees below zero. I mean, <laughs> that was the most extreme. And, Doc, where... Where, tell the listening audience, and again, we are on the radio station, Doc, WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. Where do you get the next day's concept? You talked about momentum, uh, but where do you get that? I mean, 25-plus years? Well, I, I'd rather not talk about me. I'd rather talk about how these apply to just about all of us. So the first point is, if you're going to be a writer, if you're going to be an athlete, you got to do it every single day. Now, I'm not saying if you're a cross-country runner, you run 20 miles every day, but you do something every single day. Stephen King, when he um, is writing a novel, he writes 2,500 words a day every single day. So second point, where does the information come from? So I'm in graduate school, not the world's greatest student, but you know I hope to get my degree, and it's spring break and I have to write a 50-page paper on cardiovascular disease. Oof. And I haven't done a thing. And I'm back home in Boston. And so I decided that I'm going to start doing it right now. I'm going to start the paper right now. But the way I'm going to start is I'm going to carry around a manila folder. And in that little lip part, it's going to say cardiovascular disease. So I'm just going to carry that around until the paper is done to be a constant and continuous reminder that I got to get this paper done. So what do you think happens? Um, I go down to breakfast and my mother says, what's that folder for? I said, well, I'm writing this paper on cardiovascular disease. I see my friends, what's the paper for? For the two or three days I was back in Boston, my mother cuts something out of uh, the uh, Reader's Digest. My friend tells me about something on the educational network about cardiovascular disease. So the, the thing is nature abhors a vacuum and nature hates a vacuum. So tomorrow morning at 7.30, I have a three-minute vacuum. And I know it. Something will happen today that will fill the vacuum. So today in Montclair, I went to a book signing. I just got back from it. The greatest American marathon runner ever, Bill Rogers. He won four Bostons. He won four New Yorks. He is the, the great modern American marathon runner. And so he's signing my book. And he's telling me stories. I said, I, I was asking, who's run the most miles of any living person? He said, well, I'm, I'm up there. I've run 180,000. And Joan Benoit's run 180,000. And Short has run a lot. But he said, there's, there's some guy out there that nobody knows about that's probably run over 200,000 miles. So, I mean, that's unbelievable. But then he tells me the first Boston Marathon he ran, he dropped out. And he walked home. He got so disappointed. So the superstar of the marathon, the first race he runs, he drops out of. <laughs> so, you know, I bought his book, and I'll go through the book, and I will have some Bill Rogers stories tomorrow. Doc, that brings me to my next question. Again, you're a college professor. You've been doing this 25-plus year, and, and one of the most educated, one of the most well-spoken people that I've ever met. You know, you, you've talked about some of the struggles you had when you started out in college. You, can you touch on that, Doc? Oh, well, when I started out, uh, the first semester, I got a .92, which isn't too good. It's a 4.0 system. So I come home after the first semester, and my parents, my parents, you know, were college educated, and they say, well, what's this .92? And I say, well, it's, <laughs> it's based on 1.0. And they say, oh, you did you know, 90%. That's pretty good. I said, yeah. It didn't took them too long to figure out. <laughs> but uh, I flunked out of college. I failed 10 courses. I failed 10 three-credit courses. I flunked out of college my second semester junior year. And when I got back to school, my grade point average is like 1.4, 1.5. Now, back then, I needed a 1.8 just to graduate. We're not to, I, I just want to graduate. 
So the school gave me three more semesters because you only had 10 semesters to complete an undergraduate degree. Uh, three semesters, and I had an average of 3.7. So what are the chances of a person that never got above a 2.0 getting a 3.7? Not too great. So I took every easy course I could, introduction to art, introduction to recreation, introduction to music history, and I took introduction to physical education. Now, I'm a senior psychology major, and this course is for freshman physical education majors. Now, this is called synchronicity. You know, this is called fate. The guy that taught the course was one of the guys that founded the field of sports psychology, Dr. Walter Kroll. And something happened that never happened before. He actually liked me. <laughs> he thought I was smart. Of course, I'm a senior psychology major, and these are all freshman physical education majors, so I should be smarter than them. And he said, why don't you go to graduate school here? I said, Dr. Kroll, I might not graduate. That's how bad my grades are. He said, you graduate, I'll make sure you get into graduate school. And he made sure I got into graduate he school. He made it happen. It, I wasn't a superstar in graduate school. It took me 10 years, but I did get my PhD. And now, Doc, Dr. You, Kroll. So, you, you've yeah. gone on to write, write a book about how to be successful in college. Uh, you, you wrote a book for college students. Is that is that based off some of your experience or more as a student or what you've learned over the years as a professor? Well, let me just add this first. Sometimes when we think something's the worst thing, like flunking out of college, of course, I wasn't proud of that. But if I didn't flunk out of college and I didn't do that badly, why would I ever take a class with freshman physical education majors and meet Dr. Kroll? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So some of the best motivational stories are how the worst thing becomes the best thing. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Don't be sorry. You're, uh, I'm thrilled to have you on here, Doc. We're going to talk uh, a, a lot more uh, uh, stuff here. But So when I went to your class last year, uh, you know, I was expecting uh, maybe a, a drink, certainly not a cola because we were in the seven seas, but I was expecting a bottle of water. I walked out of there with 10 books, Doc. I needed a separate bag just to carry the books, but one of them was your book about how to be successful in college. Tell me about that book and, and tell me about uh, becoming an author and writing because you motivated me to write my first book, which I touched on in the beginning of the show, uh, 125 T um, the Principle, Surviving and Thriving, 125 point Tips, Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, and Relatable Stories. You pushed me and motivated me to do that. Tell me about becoming an author yourself, and, and where do you find the time to write those books and, and, and that kind of stuff? Well, before we talk about, let's talk about how you started your talk. Because I've had a million guest speakers in my class. No guest speaker in 40 years ever connected with my students as well as you did. So do you remember how you started your talk? I do remember that, but how, remember how do you that. remember that? <laughs> how do you remember that with all you got going on in your life? You remember that? I'm not sure you remember what you did. Well, I knew it was late in the day. You told me it was a grad school course, 6 to 9.30. I'm an eater, Doc, so I'm always eating. So I'm looking, that's three and a half hours. I, I'm going to have to eat something. So I certainly had a snack. But I, I, I kind of walked around and gave uh, the students a little snack. I think I had some Hershey Kisses, which is breaking the 7C rules for those kids, and uh, maybe some nuts or granola bars or something like that. No, you gave them all chocolate. And, I mean, I've never seen anybody have rapport with people so quickly. That was a brilliant strategy. Yeah. So you got to meet the people. You gave them chocolate. Everybody liked you before you said a word. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you, you certainly helped out as well. Well, it was a good time. We'll have to do it again. So how about the books, Doc? Tell me. Tell me about your books. Um, so I wrote a book uh, called How to Have Fun Without Failing Out and 430 Tips from a College Professor. And I'm a college professor. And, you know, basically, I wrote this. I teach a class called the Freshman Seminar. And basically, a few years ago, I wrote a book. Um, I, I, I just wrote everything I know now that I wish I knew when I was a senior in high school about college. And then one day I get a call from the people who published Chicken Soup for the Soul, and they want to publish my book. It usually doesn't happen that way. Wow, yeah. So the book is out there. The book's available on Amazon. And, and Andrew, I hope it never comes to this with you. You know, it really makes an author feel good. When you go to Amazon and you can see people could buy used copies of your book for $1. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bargain. <laughs> Doc, we got to take a break here, so stay with us. We're coming back with Dr. Rob Gilbert, sports psychologist and professor at Montclair State University. We are on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. We'll be right back.
This is Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata. I am the principal at Port Jervis High School in Port Jervis, New York. We are on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. And so happy, so excited to have Dr. Rob Gilbert on the radio with us today. Dr. Rob is a sports psychologist and a professor at Montclair State University and a super motivating guy. Doc, you have touched the lives of so many students over the years. You're an author. You're a public speaker. Who influenced you, Doc? Who Who is the one that motivated you to get going in this field and, and to become the person you are now? Well, I guess when I, I was in school, there was nobody that motivated me. It was all, you know, by the numbers and you do this and you do that. And and I and I got I guess when I got to graduate school and I'm taking all these courses, I kept saying to myself, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of here. You know, if there's no energy in your classroom, there's no class going on. There has to be. There's a Sanskrit rule called Shaktipat. It's called exchange of energy. There has to be an exchange of energy between teacher and student. There has to be an exchange of energy between coach and athlete. I mean, there, there wouldn't be a rock show if there weren't an exchange of energy between performer and, you know, and uh, people in the crowd. So there, there has to be this exchange of energy. And I, I can't believe how often I see it not happening. So I knew, I mean, I spent days in classes. I said, I can't wait to get, you know, it was just so boring. And I said, look, at, I mean, I, I, I just said I'd never do it that way. Well, it was a thrill for me to be in your class, and they, they certainly were entertained. And, you know, the, the, the B word you mentioned is like a, like a curse word in the world of teaching. You know, that's one of the, the uh, biggest insults that uh, a teacher can hear. So as a principal in my school, you know, we talk about engaging the students and making classes interesting, and nobody wants to hear that their class might be boring, but we ask that question, would you want to sit in your own class? Would you want to be in your class? Doc, I, I know you're a master storyteller, and and that gift of telling stories, that's what that hotline is, you're telling stories. How did you develop that talent, and, and where did that 
Where did you realize that that's a gift, that that's something that you need to learn how to do and be good at? Where did that come from? Well, first of all, it's not a gift. I mean, if you think of you or anybody else that's listening, everybody is a master storyteller. And, you know, I, we spend more time telling stories than we do anything else. You know, you, you go away for the weekend, you see a friend when you come back to school. What do you do? You tell them stories about what happened. You don't say, well, I drove 365 miles, I spent $14.60. So we say, oh, I got pulled over by this cop, and this what's happened, and he knew this. You know, we're all telling stories. Somebody once said, uh, God made so many human beings because he likes stories so much. <laughs> so human beings are like, you know, we're not homo sapiens, we're homo storytellers. We love telling stories. You know, the ancient people, the... Uh, uh, they used to sit around the campfire telling stories. There was a, a teacher a couple thousand years ago named Jesus. He told stories. They call them parables. They were stories. So what's sports? Sports is a story. Talk radio is a story. Harry Potter is a story. Now, I might be wrong, but I think stories are the biggest industry in the world. You know, everything on radio, everything on TV, all the books, all the novels, all the movies... All the pornography, those are also stories. Everything is a story. And well, everybody's selling a story. And, Doc, I used the word gift, and, and you corrected me. You know, today's message, number 9,634. And if you're listening at home, I have Dr. Rob Gilbert here with me, sports psychologist. Write this phone number down, 973-743-4690. That's Dr. Rob's success hotline. 973-743-4690. And each day, Dr. Rob leaves a message about success, about uh, improving your life, how to be better in your life. And today's message was you could be trained to do anything. So to talk about that concept, Doc, that it's not a gift to be a storyteller. How, how do you train to become a better storyteller if you don't have the stories? How do you do that? Well, um, first of all, like we all have biceps. And when you see the guy who has a big bicep, a big 20-inch bicep, you say, oh, he's gifted. No, he lifts a lot of weights. If you want to be a good storyteller, tell a lot of stories. So I have an offer for everybody listening. If you ever need a story, you have to give a toast at, a, at your daughter's wedding, or you're a coach and you have to speak at the awards banquet, I will give you my personal phone number. It's 973-743-4428. 973-743-4428. You call me up, tell me you're a fan of Mr. Marauder's radio show, and tell me what story you need, and I'll give you a story. I'll give I you mean, I'll give you a story I, for that, Doc. How about you gave that offer to me and Mr. Kmar two years ago, and we both had our end-of-the-year uh, meetings, and, and Kmar and I had, the, had similar things. Neither did we know that we each called you, and he went first. <laughs> So I was stuck after him, and uh, uh, again, we laughed it off that we had similar stories. And uh, But you are a master storyteller, Doc, and, uh, you know, I told the story or the, or the joke about the one you told me about the principal, uh, you know, that Andrew didn't want to go to school, uh, and, and his mom was yelling, Andrew, you got to go to school, you got to go to school. And Andrew said, I'm not going. You got to go to school, you got to go to school. And uh, Andrew didn't want to go to school, and he says, uh, Mom says, Andrew, if you give me two good reasons, you don't want to go to school, I'll let you stay home. And there was a pause from the bedroom, and uh, Andrew yells back, well, all the kids hate me, and the teachers don't like me. And Mom says, well, that's not good enough reason. And then uh, Andrew yells, Mom, if you give me two good reasons why I, don't want, uh, why I should go to school, I'll go to school. And there's a pause, and Mom yells back, you're 41 years old, and you're the principal of Port Jervis High School. Now get up and go to school. I, uh, I've i been working on that story, and I told it the other day at a meeting, and, and it got a big hit. So, again, you're uh, making me better and, and, and helping me out. Doc, how about, how about the legacy of the hotline? You know, all good things come to an end. Like, where, where do you want that hotline to be? Have you recorded them? Are you going to do something with it? I mean, it, it's, it's an incredible feet you know i wrote to 60 minutes about it and i'm hoping they do a show about it but it's an incredible thing what what's the legacy of the uh, of the hotline and wh where do you want to go with it i just want to do tomorrow's message you know <laughs> there's there's no plan there's no money you know the other day 
uh, get this, Andrew. The other day, I'm I'm speaking to students. I say, call my hotline. It is not a 900 number. And they look at me like, what's a 900 number? <laughs> you know, so, I think those days are over with. <laughs> I just I just do it every day. I mean, it motivates some people, but it motivates. I, I need it more than anybody. You know, it's for me more than anybody else. And I guess in, when I look back at my life, it's probably the most important thing I've ever done because it's made me a better storyteller. Uh, it's made me more curious about information. And so, and, and I have people all over the country feeding me information every day get this one somebody told me this the other day uh let me see if it, uh, how i go uh slow is smooth S- let's see slow is smooth smooth is fast oh he gave me three things i can't remember slow is smooth smooth is fast it's it went like slow is smooth uh smooth is fast and uh fast is skilled so, you know, it's just it's something that uh, I just had in my mind. Just, there's a message there somewhere. Well, I, I, I know I'll be hearing it on the hotline soon. Doc, one of your philosophies and things you talk about is it's about others. And certainly this hotline, you've changed my life, uh, and I know you've changed countless others, uh, lives of other people. You know, talk about that philosophy about, you know, you, you said it's the best thing for you, but you're helping all these other people, the hundreds and thousands of people that call that hotline every day, you know, you're helping them and you're just, you know, you and I just met through, through a friend and, and boom, you, you, you changed my life. You made me so much better. And, and, and I'm on this radio show because of you and you're here. And I, I wrote this book because of you, you pushed me to do it. I guess I had it inside of me, but your philosophy of it's about others uh, talk about that a little bit and, and you giving of yourself to others the, in the way you do. I mean, I, I think it's the ideal way to live your life um, because it's, it, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty small box if, if, if all life is if it's about me, 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 me. You know, you know as an educator, at the end of the year, when you walk down the corridor at Port Jervis High School and you think about all the people you helped, not all the things you got, but all the things you gave that is not happiness that's fulfillment see we're in a culture right now that we want to be happy forget about being happy just be fulfilled fulfilled is is well beyond happiness the other night i had my graduate class and that was the first night was i guess wednesday night it was the first night of the nba finals Mm -hmm. and so one of the students said are you going to let us go early so we could watch the nba finals i said are you kidding me I said, you want me to let go early so you can watch 25 minutes of the NBA game? He said, yeah, we're all coaches. I said, look, you watch the NBA game. It's entertainment. You're not accomplishing anything. You're just being entertained. There is a chance in this class we might accomplish something. We might change the world. That's not going to be happen when you're in a movie. It's not going to be happening when you're in a game. When you're playing in the game, that's a different thing. But we have a whole culture of spectators. You can't be a spectator. Don't sit and watch the game. Don't sit and watch the guy singing. Write your own songs. Be into it, right? People just spectating. Well, and Doc, I opened the show with um, one of your concepts. Again, you've made me mentally stronger. You've you've fulfilled my life more, but you've also made me more healthy. Uh, I dove in with the seven C's, and I talked about that, um, you know, as a school leader, as a parent, you know, leading a healthy lifestyle. Where, where the heck did that come from, and, and how long have you been doing the 7C uh, challenge? I know you call it the 98-day challenge. Uh, we're ahead of the 98 days. Where did that come from and, and, and that concept, and, and do people get into that on uh, in your classes and, and, and on the hotline? Yeah, uh, well, once I was, in a, um, I was at some gym, and I saw this, they had some sort of challenge, you know, and it was a 7C challenge. <coughs> okay, you give out cookies, cake, chocolate chips. I mean, I, I think they had the 6C challenge. And I said, well, there should be a 7C. The 7C is don't complain about mm-hmm. it. So uh, and then I said, well, you know, everybody wants to get in better shape over the summer. So what if we run it from Memorial Day to Labor Day? <coughs> and this year, that just happens to turn out to be 98 days. So it's a 98-day 7C challenge. Could you go 98 days without chips, without cola, without candy, without 
chocolate, without cake, without cookies, and without complaining about it. This is incredibly difficult. See, if I run a marathon, it's going to take me three or four hours. Well, me or five or six hours. <laughs> this is 98 days. You can make one mistake and you fall off the bridge, you know? <clears throat> you fall off the wagon. So this is very difficult, but people are successful at it. Well, and it's something that my family got into. You know, my kids uh, were curious the other day. We left you a message. We're still waiting for the answer from the executive committee of the Success Hotline. You know, do pancakes fall under the seven C's? I mean, there's a, you know, that was a, a difficult thing for them. And uh, did you get an answer on that? Because I know it's Saturday morning. People might be uh, having breakfast right now. Maybe they're having pancakes. Maybe they want to do the seven C's. They want to know the answer there, certainly the Marotta children want to know, does pancakes fall under there? Well, there's a dietitian that calls from ShopRite, and she says, based on the makeup, you know, the carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, <coughs> is pancakes are definitely cake. Hmm. But then a guy from California said, absolutely not, because to be a cake, it has to be baked, you know? And you don't bake a can pancake. <laughs> okay. So I kind of think pancakes are not cake. All right. We will uh, give the official ruling to the uh, uh, the children. Again, I am here with Dr. Rob Gilbert, sports psychologist, on uh, my new talk show. This is my first time doing this. I'm having a great time. Education, leadership, and beyond, surviving and thriving. Doc, my next question, and, and uh, we, we have time for just a couple more. You have taught literally thousands of students. They've, they've come through your classes, the hotline. You know, you talk about some of the, the best students you, you, you've seen. Tell me about what makes those students stand out. In your opinion, you're an educational expert. For all those parents that are out there, maybe their kid is going to college. Maybe they're uh, packing their bags this summer and getting ready to go. What is the best thing that you've seen for, about your top students over the year? What are the things that they do and uh, things that, you know, help kids be successful in college. So what are, what are some things that you've seen over the years? Well, I've only had one best student, and she graduated in 2001. She was a psychology major, and her name was Melissa Sapio, now Dr. Melissa Sapio. And um, she graduated with a perfect 4.0. Wow. She took 44 courses. She got 44 A's. So I used to have her come back to my classes and talk about how to be excellent. And she always said the same thing. She said, I'm no smarter than you. You know, I might, I, I might have cared more. I might have worked harder. But she said, there's only one secret. She said, I did more than expected. So when the math teacher told me to do problems one, three, and five, Melissa would do one, two, three, four, and five. When the history teacher said the assignment for next time is to read chapters one and two, should we one, two, and part of three? So in whether you're in sales or school or sports or whatever, if you could do more than expected, that is the ultimate secret. Do more than your teachers want you to do. Do more than your coaches want you to do. Do more than your clients want you to do. That's the secret. Doc, it sounds like you need a drink. You can pause and take a drink. You're okay. I don't want you to. I don't want you to fall over because I need a. I need a message tomorrow on the hotline. You know, I need. I need number nine thousand six hundred thirty-five. You got a drink there? Yeah, we got it. <laughs> okay. You know, Doc, I, I, I sent you the email. You know, I, I love that philosophy. We actually put that sign in my high school about doing more than expected. And uh, as you've said many times on the hotline, we're at we're at war against average. And uh, that's certainly a, a great concept. Doc, one last thing before we let you go. And again, for all those listeners out there, 973-743-4690 is Dr. Rob's success hotline. It's not a gimmick. He's not asking you to buy anything, and it doesn't cost any money. He's giving of his time and talent. So, so call that hotline. Doc, you've written uh, several books. Do you have anything in the works right now? Are you, are you doing uh, any other projects, or are you just continuing to, to grow your library? Yeah, this summer, my project this summer is I'm going to write a book for coaches, educators, and business people on how to give a pep talk. Mm. You know, what, what are the components of a pep talk? How, you know, one of the great things about education is we could say words, and that changes people's feelings. 
I mean, that's an incredible skill to be able to say a few words and change people's feelings. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, get the movie Miracle about the 1980 hockey team and watch how Herb Brooks motivated the team before they played the Soviets. I mean, he gave one of the great pep talks of all time. So that's what I'm working on. And I remember when I visited your class, that was the assignment. Each kid had to get up and, and give that pep talk uh, uh, from the coach of the Miracle Hockey Team. Uh, I remember that. Uh, well, Doc, we're going to have to have you back on uh, when that book is ready, and uh, we can talk some more about that. And I really appreciate you uh, uh, coming on the uh, the show today. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. You're all, the best. All right, Doc. We'll talk to you soon. Again, that was Dr. Robert Gilbert, professor at Montclair State University, and we are Live on the radio, uh, Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. We'll be back in a minute. Well, the sun is sure sinking down, but the moon is slowly rising. So this old world must still be spinning around. And I still love you So close your eyes You can close your eyes It's all right I don't know no love songs This water town Ain't nobody hanging around And welcome back everybody This is Andrew Murata On my new radio program Ed Leadership and Beyond Surviving and Thriving Very excited to be here Very excited about the show It's been a great uh, first show I hope you've enjoyed it And the, uh, the last segment of the show Is going to be a uh, a call-in portion or a write-in portion. So we have set up an email here at uh, NeverSync Media Group, and it's andrew at neversyncmediagroup.com. There's a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts about education, and a lot of a lot of questions about education, uh, leadership, maybe something you heard on the show. So please email me at andrew at neversyncmediagroup.com, and uh, we'll try to get your uh, question on the air and we'll talk about it. You know, again, I'm, I've been a principal at Port Jervis now. I'm going, uh, in, this was the end of my sixth year as principal. I was seven years as assistant principal there. And I've learned a few things over the years. And I got a lot more to learn and, and a lot more experiences to have. But so many things happen and, and, and people wonder why things happen and how they happen. So I'd be happy to hear from you. Again, please email in andrew at Group. Dot com. So just to recap uh, today's show, uh, I explained what it's about, uh, and, and we started with that, and the show is going to be about education, leadership, and things beyond, uh, and not necessarily all education. Whatever your field is, maybe you could take something from the show and, and, and make yourself better. Maybe something on the show will impact your life. I'd like to motivate you and, uh, and push you to be better. Myself, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a principal. I'm an author. I'm also an NCAA referee. I referee men's uh, college basketball and, you know, my own person. So that's a lot of things in there. I'm always looking to get better, and uh, I hope that I can have something on this show that pushes you to be better, and uh, uh, hopefully you will uh, tune in on Saturday mornings, and we are on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. Uh, and today's guest was Dr. Rob Gilbert. I hope you enjoyed him. He is a fantastic motivator. I hope you call his hotline, 973-743-4690. That's Dr. Rob's hotline. And uh, in just two years of me getting to know him and, and touch a base with him, I've written a book and now have uh, my own radio show. And uh, again, he just pushed me to be better. So... I hope you'll do that. A couple other things before we end the show. Again, this is going to be a, a write-in or a call-in portion of the show. So I wrote the first question uh, for you, and today's question is, who picks the professional development and, and how are those decisions made? 
uh, those decisions made. A lot of times when there's no school but the staff is in, you know, the public out there might think, ah, oh, like, what are they doing? Those teachers are hanging out. They're not doing anything. And uh, we take those days when the students aren't there, we treat them like gold. Uh, they're so important because that is the time for the staff, uh, uh, for the administration to hit the pause button of the hundreds of kids that are in hallways and classrooms and to be able to stop and say, okay, where is the ship going? You know, I'm the captain of the ship and, and where is it going? What do we need to work on? What do we need to prove upon? So professional development is something that uh, we take uh, take very seriously and uh, as the principal of the school, I'd like to hear from the teachers. What is it that you want? What is it that we need? And uh, that's a shared decision. We try not to have the top-down mentality and, and put some project out there and just give it to the staff and say, do this because we said to. We want to give the teachers a voice uh, and we want to hear from them what is it that uh, they need. Uh, going back to last summer, we had a panel of about seven teachers uh, to discuss some issues and the topics uh, that are in, in schools today and, and, and what we needed. So we worked last summer with several teachers about uh, engagement in classes. And a lot of the professional development we had this year was bringing in tools and techniques to, to have better engagement in the classes. Uh, one of the things we worked on this year was to have uh, a, a learning target. What was the uh, target for the lesson and that was posted and the teacher referred to that multiple times uh, throughout the lesson. So uh, that professional development uh, was district-wide and, and uh, that was a shared decision from the administration down uh, with the teachers and uh, that's how those decisions are made and, and, and that's something that we treat uh, very important in the schools, trying to get better and again trying to have something that is practical and, and real for the teachers. So the last thing I want to leave you with is a quote each show, and I try to have it with what the show is about. So this week's quote, you want to write it down, act as if it's impossible to fail. One of the things that uh, hinders people and holds them back uh, is, is, again, that fear of making a mistake or that fear of failure. And I was coming into the radio studio here today, kind of took a deep breath and said, off we go, and, and I tried to be prepared and be ready, but Part of my mentality was, I got this. I can do it. I've been listening to radio my whole life, and uh, I hope you found the show successful. But part of my mindset today was, act as if it's impossible to fail. And uh, I hope you certainly don't think I failed, but uh, I feel good about it. And uh, I really appreciate you listening. This was Andrew Murata on Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Uh, next week's show, I'm going to have my father-in-law on, Eugene Grimes. Uh, he's going to be on and we're going to talk about fatherhood and his leadership style. It'll be our Father's Day special and hope you'll tune in again. Ed Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Andrew Murata signing off. Have a great day, everyone. I hope that you go out and change the world. Thank you for listening.